discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified. spirit thank you for the power of your word thank you for the glory of your presence we give you glory we give you praise for your goodness for your love your kindness lord for your tender mercies for all the grace that we enjoy for all the health that we enjoy we are grateful we are grateful lord thank you thanks a million for sending your son jesus christ die for us, to shed his blood for us, that we will not go to hell, but will be in heaven with you and live with you forever. We are grateful. Thank you for all that you are in our lives and for all that you present in our lives. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's good to see everybody. It's good to see you. You may all kindly take your seats in heavenly places. Wow. Thank you. As at Thursday, I didn't know I'll be here. But then on Friday, Friday late afternoon, God told me to come here today. Yes, and come and spend some time with you. Hallelujah. So I'm here. It's good to see everybody. It's good to see you. Tell anybody it's good to see you. Tell the other anybody it's good to see you. Today, I, I have a few things to share with you that I believe will really help you. If you give me your attention for the next few minutes, we'll, we'll go through it and I know it will help you. Okay? I'm, I'm talking about empowered by the Spirit. Empowered by the Spirit. Pastor John, God bless you for all the work that you're doing. Let's clap for our pastor. Beautiful. God bless you for keeping holding the fort and making the church work. Pastor David, God bless you for supporting Pastor John and helping making things work. I want us to clap for all the leaders as well. You guys are doing a great job. Mommy has been our member since the day the church began. And she's still here. Mommy, God bless you. Let's give Mommy a big round of applause. For your commitment. You know, some people don't understand commitment. Yes. <clears throat> a lot of marriages. Yesterday I was in Takrade. I was preaching in Takrade yesterday. And I was sharing on commitment. I was blessing a wedding. And when I was preaching, I was sharing concerning commitment. Our great grandfathers and grandmothers understood what commitment meant. Okay? So, I mean, they didn't mind. They were, they were, when you marry, you are married. 
Do you get it? I mean, there's nothing like if your husband does something. Most of our grand, great grandfathers were eh, husbands of many. <laughs> Is it not true? Yeah. They had children everywhere. Yes. But then our mothers were still married to them. Happily. It is only in our time that it's like if you say, hey, we are not marrying again. <laughs> you don't understand commitment. Commitment is we are inside, whether good or bad, whether the road is good or it's not good. We are inside. Okay? And what God rewards at the end of your life is your commitment. Well done, thou good and faithful or committed servant. Thou hast been faithful with a few things. Therefore, come and be Lord over much. So God honors faithfulness. God rewards what? Faithfulness to what he has given to you to do. That is what God rewards, faithfulness. I'm going to talk to leaders after this place, and I'm going to talk about that extensively concerning commitment. But I just want to... Just mention it because I was talking about mommy. It's important. You stay, you see, the one who built this place had to commit to it. If you don't commit to it, you will not you will not get anything beautiful. All beautiful things come as a result of commitment. The one who made this TV was committed to making it happen. I don't know if you get it. He was faithful to the cause of bringing the TV into existence. And so he's, now we have a TV. Every beautiful thing you can think about is as a result of faithfulness or commitment. The dress you are wearing is as a result of someone's faithfulness. What do you think? If the tailor decided that as he's sewing the thing, let me let me remove one hand. I'm tired. I've been sewing throughout the day. So this particular shirt, I'm not going to sew it. I'm not going to finish sewing it. Will you be wearing the shirt you are wearing today? Oh, it's like you're not happy about what I'm saying. <laughs> so faithfulness and commitment. Very, very important. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the message for the... I'll talk about it some more um, during the leaders' meeting. But this morning, for, for us as a church, um, the Lord has been to come and encourage you. Yes. I don't know if you're happy about the encouragement. You're happy about it. Yes, yes. The Lord says, come and encourage you. You know, so I'm talking about empowerment, empowered by the Spirit. Okay, that's my subject for this morning. I have so many notes on it. It can be a book even. Uh So I'll just touch a few things in the next maybe 50 to 70 minutes. Okay? Yes, and then we'll close and then the leaders meeting will start. Now, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is that in the Old Testament, God will give a commandment. Don't do this. Don't touch this thing. He will tell his people, don't touch this thing. But then, there is no help. God doesn't help them not touch it. God stands back and watches what they will do. Do you see? Hello? But in the New Testament, when God says, don't touch this, God comes into you to help you not to touch it. That's the difference between the Old Testament 
and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, there were only three people who had the anointing of God or God working with them or upon them. Only three people. The king, the prophet, and then the priest. They were the only ones who were empowered by God to do to be king. If you're going to be king, you were empowered by God. The anointing of God's spirit was, the anointing was poured, the oil was poured upon you, and then the spirit of God will come upon you and help you accomplish your kingship. Do you see? The prophet will also have, uh, he will also be anointed. Most of the prophets didn't have oil being poured on them. The spirit of God just came upon them, and then they did what they did. Elijah did what he did because of God's empowerment. God's strengthening. Okay? David was a good king because God helped him to become a good king. He was anointed. But in the New Testament, all of us are anointed. Everyone. The whole of Israel had only three people anointed. King, priest, prophet. That's all. Every other person in Israel was anointing free. Or spirit free. They were just there. Yet God had given rules. Thou shall not do this. Thou shall not do that. But they, I mean, God stands back and watches them to see whether they'll be able to do it. You see, man was so evil that he couldn't even recognize that he was evil. It's when you live in the dark for a long time. You don't recognize that you're in the dark. If you stay in the dark for a long time, you start seeing you. You don't even see. You start seeing around. Yes. So the whole of the world was in gross darkness. And they couldn't even recognize that they were in gross darkness. So God wanted them to know that they were in darkness. So that they can call for help. So he gave them rules to follow. And nobody could follow. The whole world, nobody could follow those rules. And that made them know and recognize that they need help. You need help. So when they cried for help, then God sent Jesus Christ to come and come and die. And be the help. So in the New Testament, Jesus has come. He has come to die. He's now our helper. Do you see? And he's in us. When you get born again... You, you get born again by the Spirit and by the Word. The Holy Spirit comes upon you with the purpose of staying in you. Okay? Just like it happened to Jesus. The day Jesus was baptized, John the Baptist laid hands on him. And when John the Baptist laid hands on him, he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit descending upon Jesus like a dove. Do you see? In the form, in the shape, it looked, the descent was like that of a dove, the way a dove would descend. Do you see? And then, the Bible says that the soul of God came upon Jesus Christ, but he didn't come to leave. Even in the Old Testament, the prophets would have the anointing or the spirit coming upon him and leaving. It, the spirit would come upon him to accomplish what God wants to done at a particular time. And then it will go. And then after some time, it will come back, depending on what needs to be done. Then it will go like that. The priests also had a similar experience. The kings also had similar experiences. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But in the New Testament, Jesus, in Jesus' case, the Spirit of God came up upon him with the purpose of settling in him. So Jesus had the Spirit of God come upon him and then stayed in him. And the same experience is what we get when we get born again or when we receive the Holy Spirit. When we receive the, we receive the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God comes upon you. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus said to the disciples, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So the Holy Spirit comes upon you with the purpose of staying in you, not coming and going. He comes upon you to stay in you. Please, you understand? Yes, sir. Uh -huh. So that is our state as newborn, born-again children of God. Jesus is in us. 
Mm, Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. It says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. The word Christ is the anointing, the anointed one and his anointing. That's the meaning of the word Christ. When we say Christ, we are talking about the anointing, the anointed one and his anointing. Whenever you see Christ in the Bible, it means the anointed one and the anointing or his anointing. So what he's saying is that because you are born again now, Christ, the anointing, the anointed one and his anointing are all in you. Now that you are born again, if you are born again, Jesus is in you. Jesus has made his abode in you. God the Father has made his abode in you. God the Son has made his abode in you. God the Holy Spirit has made his abode in you. The Bible lets us know that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse. Let's read from verse 12. All things are lawful unto me. Verse 13. Meats for the belly and belly for the meats. Now the body is not for fornication, but the Lord, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Verse 14. And God has both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Verse 15. Know you know that your bodies are the members of Christ. He says, your body is, the, is members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of, of an hallowed? God forbid. Verse, verse 16. What know you know that he which is joined to an hallowed is one body for two seed shall be one flesh. Verse 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. We are joined unto the Lord and hence we are one spirit with him. Look at the next verse. Flee fornication. Everything that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. Verse 19. What knowing not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, your body, this body of yours, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Not only your spirit, your body, this body. That's why you can't do anything. You can't mess up with your body. Do you get it? You can't hand your body over to a certain gentleman to misuse. The, the hookites hook up people. You have a very big problem. You'll be surprised that at the resurrection, you'll be denied so many things. You'll be shocked. Oh, yes. You see, don't behave like you're the only one who is tempted to do wrong. <laughs> Everybody sitting here is tempted to do wrong. Ask your neighbor, are you tempted to do wrong? What did your neighbor say? Like passions. Everybody. The Pope, the Pope is tempted to do wrong. Archbishops are tempted to do wrong. Re bishops are tempted to do wrong. Reverends are tempted to do wrong. Roman sisters, Episcopal sisters, they are tempted to do wrong. Why is it that some people are not doing the wrong, even though they are tempted to do it? Because they know something that you, who is doing foolish things, do not know. Mm -hmm. There's something at stake. Maybe you don't know. That is, that is your problem. You don't know that there's something at stake. It's either you know it and you are ignoring it, or you don't know it. Do you get it? Mm -hmm. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. How you use it. God, you see, wh when I give you my phone and you go and sell it, I, I tell you, use my phone for some time. And then <laughs> you go and sell it. What do you think I'll do to you? Hello? What do you think? Did you hear of the guy who, the car farm administrator who has... Um, use 1.2 million Ghana cities of Cap Farm's money to bet. <laughs> he was arrested last week. They are called the Bettites. Yeah, the Bettites, the Hukites and the Bettites. The Buzites. The Buzites. 
Yeah, the guy he's used 1.2. It's actually about 1.2, about 1.3 million, almost 1.3 million Ghana cities for betting. Yes, he didn't buy a car, he didn't buy a fridge, he didn't buy any of those. Used everything for hookup. Yes, what does not belong to you cannot be misused or malhandled. If you understand that your body is not for you. What know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and that you are not your own? Your body is not yours. You were bought at a price. Next verse. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It's for God. It's not for you. If you recognize that it is not for you, you will not handle it anyhow. You will not say to someone that, oh, my spirit is for the Lord, but my body is yours. Enjoy, enjoy. Enjoy the body. The Lord is watching you. You'll be surprised at what the Lord will do to you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, all jokes aside, it's the truth. Yes. Recognize it. And let the word of God cure you of fooling around. Especially fornication. Don't behave like you're the only one who is tempted. That's what worries me. Like, it's like you, you are behaving like you are the only one. Like you have problems. You dear. Your butt. This is not what I came to preach. Let me just change the message. So basically, basically, when you get born again, Jesus is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. Okay? You become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Chapter 6, verse 14. Sorry. Second Corinthians 6, 14. Sorry. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? Verse 15. And what conquered has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believeth with an infidel? He calls you Christ. He calls those who are outside the church Belial or devils. Okay? And this, or what part has he that believeth with an infidel? That's why you can't marry someone who's not born again. You get it? Yeah. Next verse. Then he says, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Then he says, for ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I'll be their God and they shall be my people. So God is dwelling in you. Say, God dwells in me. God lives in me. He lives in the cortex of my spirit and in the cortex of my soul and in the cortex of my body. Are you in a church? Yes. First John chapter 4, verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you. There's someone in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Who is the one that is in you? God is in you. So God comes into you when you get born again. The Holy Spirit recreates your spirit, makes your spirit a temple for the Godhead to dwell in. So that's the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then in the Old Testament, it was God with us. God was with them. But in the New Testament, God is in us. God is in us for what? God is in us to help us. He's in us to empower us. He's in, us. He's in us to strengthen us, to encourage us, to help us go where he wants us to go. Do you see? Uh-huh. And when you read the Bible, you see so many places in the New Testament. I'm, I'm sharing things from the New Testament to, to you to help you understand. You know how glorious 
an opportunity we have, you know, as children of God, to walk in newness and to walk in grace and to walk in greatness. Never to walk in sadness or in weakness or in troubles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Godhead is in us for the purpose of empowering us. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, all the way to verse 13. Philippians 4, 10 to 13. Are you enjoying what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Now, if I were you, all that I've said in the last few minutes, okay, I'll meditate on it. God is in me. Is God really in me? If God is really in me, then I'm not ordinary. If God is in me, then how can demons influence me? You see, how can demons influence me? When the demons saw Jesus, they started shouting. Yes, they said, depart from us. Jesus, son of God. The same Jesus that demons were running away from is in you now. Hallelujah. Meaning that no demon can influence you. But if you don't know, demons can influence you. They know not, neither do they understand. Knowledge is power. Hmm? For the lack of knowledge, my people perish. My people are cut off from my blessings because they don't know. That is why we come to church. We come to church so that we'll get to know. God gives a pastor wisdom to have access to his word. So that on a Sunday morning or on Wednesday or on a Friday or whichever meeting you are having, he can explain things to you. When you miss a step, you are missing something great. <laughs> you have no idea. The reason why some Christians' lives are like this, goes up and comes down and then goes up and then comes down, is because they are not consistent with God. Hello? Hi. But when you are consistent with God, you receive knowledge. There's something called the knowledge of Christ. The more you receive the knowledge of Christ, the more, the higher you go. And that's the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's important. Hmm? You understand? So important. That small thing I just said is good enough for the service. Yes, because it can change your life completely. If you only, if only you think about it. Yes. If only, you, if only you give a certain kind of attention to it. It's so powerful. If God is in me, then why, why should I be poor? Hey, God is in me. God walks on gold. And he says it's inside me. When Jesus came on earth, okay, he multiplied bread. When there was need, when there were austere measures, Jesus brought abundance. This same Jesus is inside me. Fuel prices may be increasing. Dollar rates may be changing. But because Jesus is in me, I live in abundance. Paul said, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The one who is greater than all is inside me. I will never, I will never go down. No matter how hard the world gets, I keep dwelling in riches and abundance. It's when we say rich. Rich does not mean being a millionaire, dollar millionaire. Rich means having abundance. You stop thinking about... You, so you can be rich on different levels. Do you understand? You can be rich, for instance, what will you do? With ten million dollars, if I should give you ten million dollars right now, you don't need. You can't use it. It will kill you. You become a womanizer immediately. You become a betite very easily. But if you have maybe ten thousand dollars, 
or 10,000 CDs. And it's flowing to you continuously. Every month, some 10,000 is coming. 5,000 is coming. You are rich. Because you can buy what you need to buy. You can eat what you need to eat. You can help those you need to help. Isn't it? So when we say rich, don't be thinking about, like you have a, you're in a big mansion. What do you do with the big mansion? There are a lot of big mansions that are empty. There's no human being inside. It's useless to have so many houses. It's useless. You have a house in Sakumono. Another one at Spintex. Another one that should be. Which one are you going to sleep in? So you sleep here small, then go here small, then go here small. Is this nonsense? It's not wisdom. Yes. If everybody will understand what rich means, all of us will have abundance. People will not struggle for necessary things and ignore what needs, they need to give attention to. People keep looking for more money and forget about their children. They make a lot of money and then they die. And then their children inherit it. Because they didn't put any wisdom in their children, their children blow it in two years. <laughs> and then all your life, all your labor, it's nonsense. You are a big fool. Do you see the, the vanity of life? Yeah, Solomon said, all is vanity. It's nonsense. This life is nonsense, complete nonsense. If your father has a house, but you will not stay in your father's house. You want to build your own house. Yes. It's, it's, you just wonder. Kaneshi is empty now. Yes, Kaneshi. Some time ago, the whole of Accra was at Kaneshi, Lashi, uh, uh, Latebi, Okoshi, Mamprobi, Mataeko, those places. That was what, that, right now it's empty. Because the, all the people who bought those houses have died. And their children don't want to stay there. They are all staying at uh, Pukwase, Madina, uh, uh, Lakeside, Amasamai. They have all built houses there. So the, count, the city keeps moving. It's mo- Before we were like, we are in We'll be in very, very soon. Hallelujah. So you see, the more you think, that's why we, we, we talk about meditation. The more you think about the word, the more wisdom you receive. It informs you about life. You know what to focus on and what not to focus on. Do you get it? Yes. How many cars can you drive? You are looking at having a Lamborghini. What will it, is it functional? <laughs> you see, there's something wrong with your mind. You are looking at what people will say. Charlie, hey, Charlie, hey, Charlie, hey, tell your car that, hey, nonsense. <laughs> it's a sickness. You are sick. You need to cure yourself. You want to have a new phone all the time. You are sick. Sorry. So I'm sorry for saying it. But let's continue our message. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Rich does not mean having a certain amount of money in your account. No, no, no. If that's what you think, you've made a big mistake. It's having abundance. You see, having abundance on whichever level you are on. You can be a rich student because you don't you don't lack anything. You have what you need to do what you need to do. You have the supply you require. You are rich. It's in levels. When the demand increases, you can increase and still live in abundance. Yes. Do you see? When when you are single, you can be rich as a single person. Yes. You are living in abundance. You're okay. You can take your boat and move. <laughs> you know how many people can take boats? There's not many people who can take boats. Yesterday I was at the, I was at the airport. And here was, Sam Jonah was standing by me. 
Ibrahim Mahama was standing by me. Two very rich people, you know, and we're all checking in. And then they went to sit in their private jets and then flew. I also went to sit in the plane and flew. We are all sitting in a plane. I'm, I'm, I'm also rich. Oh, yes. How many people can fly? I can, I can fly. I can fly wherever I need to fly to. For instance, tomorrow, tomorrow I'm traveling to uh, Gushegu. I'm going to go Gushegu. One of those. Very far away. I'm flying to Tamale, driving for five hours to that place. Yes. I can fly. I believe I can fly. You are flying me too. I'm flying. Hey, what is your problem? When the time comes for me to have a private jet, I'll have it. Yes, I'll have, I'll have the abundance I'm supposed to have. Yeah, probably because the, the normal airlines will not fly at the time I want to fly. Or I can fly, you get it? Yes, the time I can fly, they are not ready. So we need a private one so I can move and do what I'm supposed to do. So don't be looking. It's, it's levels. When you get married, you can, have, you can be rich as a married person, a married couple. There are married couples that are not rich. They are really struggling. But then you can be a married couple that you are, you are okay. When a child is born, you increase in abundance again. Another child... You get it? Yeah. Yes. There are children who take everything away. Mm. When they are born. <laughs> yes. There are workers who can't. They can't. They can't stand it. It's a problem. So you need to recognize the greatness of the one who is inside you. Hallelujah. The more you recognize how great. If you recognize who it is that is in you. Is Jesus really in me? Is the owner of the heavens and the earth in me? The one who created the sea. Look at how vast the sea is. Wow. He's in me. I'll never be poor in my life. I'll never go down in my life. You see? Yes. Oh, it's, a, it's a realm in, in God. It's called Christ in you consciousness. Or God inside consciousness. Okay? There are two aspects of Christ. There's we in Christ... There's knowledge concerning who we are in Christ. For instance, you are singing Zoe, I have Zoe, I have Zoe. That's one side. You see? It's very important. But if you dwell on that too much, you lose something, something bigger. Who he is in you, Christ in you, is greater than who you are in him. If you dwell too much on who you are in him, you become selfish with time. You're only thinking about yourself. And you forget about Jesus Christ. I in a church. But when you start thinking, adding that thought of Christ in you, you start focusing on who he is in you. And that takes the attention from you to him. Do you understand? It's very important. If you, if you don't have that, you really, that's why a lot of young Christians have become some way. They have become proud rather than becoming humble. Because they've forgotten who it is that is inside them. The greatness of the one. Who, if you know the greatness of the one who is inside you, you become humble. You become very humble. So don't lose that aspect as you look at this aspect. Okay? So the God is, Godhead is at work in me or in us to empower us. The reason why God is in us is to empower us, to help us, to strengthen us, to give us strength, wisdom, power. Encouragement, comfort. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 says that, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me has flourished again. 
wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am, therewith to be content. This is, this is prosperity. Whatever state you are in, you are content. You are not looking for uh, uh, someone's property. The root of all evil and all sin is covetousness. Do you understand covetousness? The guy is not satisfied with his wife. That is why he's looking for another girl. It's covetousness. You are, so you, are, you have some. It's not that you don't have. You have, you have some. You have big bottles. Nice bottles, nice breasts, nice everything. But you see another bottles and breasts, you're like, ah, this one too, there's juice inside. Hey! Why? You have a, there's a basic problem of covetousness. It's not that you don't have a cow. One day I was driving, I had this uh, Civic. Honda Civic, this new, this new Honda Civic, the saloon, the whatever, it's the one that looks sporty. Yes, I had one. I was driving it. Oh, I still have. I still have one. I was still, I was driving it like that, and there was a guy driving a Land Cruiser V8, fresh V8, and he was looking. We were parked in traffic, and he was looking at my car. <laughs> like he was looking at, really looking at me. It's like I, had, I need to get one of these. <laughs> it, someone even stopped me at a point. His car is nice, was nicer than mine. He stopped me. And then I rolled down. When I rolled down, he also rolled down and asked me, the screen, uh, your car screen, do you, does it play video? <laughs> hey. hey! And I said, yes, it plays video. He said, okay, okay, okay. Then he rolled up and left. He's going to buy some. Covetousness. You see, you have. But you are not satisfied with what you have. That is the root, that is the foundation of all the sin. That, so you must learn to be content. The Bible preaches that contentment. It says godliness with contentment is great gain. You must learn to be content with what you have. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Eh? Yes, look at Hebrews 13, verse 5. It, all this is not part of my message. I'm just, because I'm talking, it's just coming to me. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Let your life be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. That is, that is it. Be content with such things as you have. You have a phone. Why do you want... You have, you have iPhone 11, eh? iPhone 11. Right now, 13 has come. You want 13. What is wrong with you? You want to roll away. It's not like you have the money. You need to sleep with the big man for the for the phone. You need to do something. Wild things. Some betting must go on. It's because you are not. Con it's not that you don't, you have a phone. It can call. It can take videos. It can text. It can take pictures. Very nice pictures. Everything is okay. But you see, you are not satisfied with it. There's something wrong. You need three cameras. <laughs> now it's four. Nonsense. <laughs> Why? Because God has said, says, for God has said that I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I will never. Let's read the Amplified of this just um, for the sake of what we are. Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed. Avarice. Do you understand avarice? 
You see, that's why you need to have a dictionary or dictionary when you're reading your Bible. Because you don't really understand English like you think. <laughs> You'll be surprised that you don't understand a lot of things. Avery. So anybody with a dictionary here can show us what Avery means. Last. And craving for earthly possession. It's a crave. Craving. Hmm? Yes. You have a husband, but you want a husband with more money than the one you have. Soft life. In your attempt to get a soft life, you end up getting hard life. And then you destroy yourself. I know a lady who um, was my classmate in school. Very beautiful girl. She went to gay. Comes from a good family. They have money, everything. But she wanted more. Or she wants more. She still wants it. Because of what she wanted, she couldn't have a stable relationship with a young guy who is her mate or maybe a a year or two or something. I mean, she always had to have a big man around her. You see, now she's old. She's looking for marriage. She can't find the marriage. Or marriage can't find her. Whichever it is, they can't find each other. But she has lived. Very young, but she has lived. Wabobra. Now she's praying, Lord, it's me again. Help me. But it's not happening. Yes, I pray that something, God is merciful. You'd be surprised, God is, God is very merciful. So I pray that something happens. You know, so you have to allow the wisdom of God to guide you, okay? Anyway, let's continue our message. Everest. Uh-huh. Extreme what? Greed. For material wealth. Is that what you also say? Yeah, extreme greed for wealth or material gain. Extreme greed. Let's go. Philippians chapter 4, go back. I'm wondering if I can finish preaching my message. Oh, it's the way it's going. The way it's going, dear. I don't think so. As well. Go to the next verse. When. Um, Restore. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Never, everywhere and in, in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer. Need. Verse 13 is what I want you to see. Then he says, I can do all things. How? Through Christ, which strengthened me. Who is Christ? Or what is Christ? The anointed and his anointing. Isn't it? He's talking about Jesus, the Spirit. He's talking about the Godhead. So he says, I can do all things. I can accomplish all things. All things. I can accomplish all things. All things means all things. This includes your academics. It includes your business. It includes your family life. It includes your relationships. It includes your what? Your finances. Your, your health. What else is in your life? <laughs> Your what? Yes. Everything. Your business, your traveling. This I can do. I can do. I am strong to accomplish all things. How? Through Christ, who strengthened me. So Christ is inside you to strengthen you to accomplish all things that you need done. Including your ministry. Fulfilling your ministry. This idea of what? Serving the Lord through shepherding. As he blesses us. You see? 
including serving the Lord through shepherding. I mean, every single thing that you need to do, you can do it through Christ, which strengthens you. This should be your, your life's anthem. I can do. There's nothing like I can do. I can do. All things. I can do all things. I can accomplish all things. I can be excellent. The church can grow through me. My cell will grow. My prosperity will be sure. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So Christ is in you not to just sit down, but to strengthen you. To empower. The word strengthen is to empower. And dynamo. It means to give strength. To give you strength. To empower you. To give you ability. To give you the wisdom. The, all the things you require to do what you're supposed to do. Now, I count on this in my life. I don't count on my natural abilities. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Look at Zechariah 4, verse 6. You can't live the Christian life or serve God by yourself. It's not possible. Hmm? You can't live the Christian life or serve God by yourself. Then he answered and spoke unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might. So when you try to do it by your might, it doesn't work. I'm trying to get your business to work. You can do a Jehovah overdue. So it's not, the doing is not doing. You want, to, you want to marry. You are doing it, it's not marrying. You are saving. You have saved. Uh, you have now gotten to 5,000. That is not up to the price of deco. When you look at the whole thing, you give up. You postpone it. Is that a postpone or you get you get a girl pregnant? So it's reduced to clear. Hey, mercy! I can do all things through Christ, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Says the Lord, it's by the Spirit of God. You need you need the force, the extraordinary force. The supernormal force of God to be at work in your life for things to work. It's not possible. Hmm? First Samuel chapter 2, verse 8. Look at First Samuel chapter 2, verse 8. Okay, let's just go to verse 10. By strength shall no man prevail. That's First Samuel chapter 2, verse 10. The adversaries of the Lord shall, no, verse 9, sorry. He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. Then he says, for by strength shall no man prevail. No man can prevail by strength. It's, it's not possible. Who are you? Whom, are, whom, are, whom am I? Whom am I? <laughs> it's not possible. Hmm? So you need to learn to depend on the empowering ability of God inside you. Because that is what God is. A lot of us have ignored God inside us. We are your boy, a bra. How do you say that in English? You are, you, are, you are born your bra. You are playing your life. You are doing life. Someone proposed to a lady and said, let's do life together. Yeah. It's, a, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. Receive that vibe for yourself in Jesus' name. Yes. You are doing life without Jesus. When Jesus is in your life to help you do life and make life easy for you, you set him aside. Now, 
Walao to walao sa. Do no walao to walao sa. Yeah. Those who dig, those who dig, either a foundation or manhole or whatever, when they give you the contract, it is yours. There's no labor. You dig, you fetch. You dig, you fetch. You dig some of the earth and then you fetch the the, the soil out. Walao to is. If you bring a, a Libra, you're in trouble. The eight days you are getting, you have to divide it into two. You don't want that. <laughs> so even if you die on that thing, you are doing it. That is how a lot of Christians are living their lives. You have forgotten about Jesus. I came to tell you to remember that Jesus is in your life. To help you. So start asking for the help. Start counting on him for help. For every aspect of your life. Hello? Hi. Why are you learning like you are mad? Photosynthesis. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that video? It's defining photosynthesis. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. He was holding the paper. I think the photosynthesis was going to come in the exam. Everybody knows it's going to come. He's trying to memorize the thing. Within two two minutes, it's not for those things they have to challenge, challenge. I'm taking it. <laughs> you are learning without Jesus Christ. That is why you are failing academically. It's serious. You are at your workplace without Jesus Christ. You've forgotten that Jesus is there. You are using your mind, your might, your strength. Oh, I, I know this. I know that. I know this. I know that. Yes. You are you are you see you are struggling for promotion. Promotion, promotion. <laughs> you are struggling for promotion. <laughs> and it's not coming because you forgot about Jesus Christ. Promotion does not come from the left or from the right. Coming from above, from the Lord. The Lord is empowering you as I speak to you now. By strength shall no man prevail. So God is in us to help us. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Go to verse 13. I would have said some things in verse 12, but let's go to verse 13 straight. We don't have time. It says, for it is God which worketh in you. God is in you, not sitting down, not doing, not doing it. He's there working in you. Both to will and to do. Of his good pleasure. Some of us are struggling to obey God. You know that you know what God does not like. You know. How many of you know what God does not like? You know. But to do. Hang on, no meaning or no. You can't do it. Yes. That which I do not want to do. That is what I do. Hey! You've forgotten that God is inside you to help you. It's when it comes to not doing wrong. Eh? Jesus Christ, the Bible says, has been tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Look at Hebrews 4, 13. I have so many things to share with you. If you are interested to hear. Fifteen. It says, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. How many of you have feelings? You have feelings? Hey! 
Everybody has feelings. He says, Jesus, you see, we don't have a high priest. Jesus is a high priest. He's not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of, we, what you are feeling, he has felt it before. What are you feeling? Ask me about what are you feeling? You can't, you can't stop the betting. You feel like betting. <laughs> what are the odds? You feel an edge. You've seen the thing coming. And you see, you have some 20 Ghana. You want Charlie? If I, Charlie, if I put up 20 for a top, I go feel it to hammer 2,000. Charlie. The feeling you are having at that time, Jesus has had it before. We have not an hyper who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. All the problems you have in your body, Jesus has had it. The sexual feelings that are moving through you. I'm going home. Bye bye. It's like what I'm saying. You don't know what like, you don't know what I'm talking about. It's like some people are sitting there. Let's go. Let's continue. All the sexual feelings you have in your body, Jesus also had it. Yes. You're a lady. You feel like someone should touch you. Touch it. Touch it. Someone even sang a, a song about it. Touch it. Touch it. Touch it. Hey. Touch what? Touch what? Jesus was touched, was touched with the feeling of he's touched with the feeling of infirmities. Why? Because he was tempted in all points like as we are, but was in all points tempted like as we are. He was te- all the temptations you can go through, you can never go through. Jesus went through all of them. All the temptations, all the wild temptations you are going through. All of them, not even one is accepted. Every one of it. What two temptation can you talk about? I mean everything. Your boss is worrying you at work. Jesus also had a similar problem. Oh, sister. <laughs> <laughs> he says he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Yes. He was able to jump over all the temptations. All of them, one by one. One by one. One by one. One by one. So he has experience in jumping over temptations. Feeling the, the problem and jumping over the problem. He has experience with it. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17. Go to Hebrews 2, 17. Wherefore, in all things, it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren. Jesus became like human beings, like us, so that he might be merciful and he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Jesus became a human being. So I can feel how human beings feel. So you can't pray and say that, God, you don't know how I'm feeling. He knows how you are feeling. He has been a human being like you. Yes. You are tempted with problems. There's no money. You need to do something for money. You feel like stealing. He has felt the same thing. So you can't say that, God, you don't know what I'm feeling now. You don't understand. I'm, listen, be, be where you are. I'm taking my life in my own hands. No. The feeling you are having, he has felt it before. Yes. We've had some prostitutes coming to church over the years in different parts of our churches. By God, we have 40, 54 churches now. Wow. Yes. And, and I'm just looking at some of them, you know. Those who keep saying that 
I can't, I can't help myself. I need the money. Never do well. Now, one of the girls, last year, last year, December, 2021, right? 31st December. There was this girl who was supposed to be, one of them was supposed to be in church for crossover. She didn't come. She wanted money. It's 31st. More money is coming. You know, she's dead now. They chopped her into pieces. Used her for rituals. There were three of them. Two of them came. Yes. They chopped the other girl into pieces. Used her for, they used some portions, portions of her body for sacrifice and then dropped the rest at Kaswa. Under one of the bridges there. Yes. Two days ago, one of them was telling uh, one of our pastors that she almost, they almost killed her. Almost. I was telling her, listen, Jesus can help you. You see, sometimes what you even think you need, you don't need. You think you need thousands of to survive every week. It's not true. A hundred Ghana will be fine. God bears there. Oh. Yes. Thank God. Let's eat and be happy. Let's, let's use what we have at, at this point. It's a, it's a, a certain greed. You know, Jesus, that God does not know how I feel. He knows how you feel. Because he's been tempted like as you are. So that he can help you when the problem is coming. Look at it like For in that he himself has suffered being tempted. He suffered being tempted. There was suffering a feeling in your temptation. Hmm? The seeming poverty that does not, it's like it's not going away. You have prayed. You have fasted. You have worked. You are doing, but the poverty is looking at you like they're smiling all the time. Odeji oh, type of poverty. It's looking at you all the time. Listen, Jesus has also had that kind of poverty before. Before. Yes. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yes, for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might be rich. He's been poor before. Walking on the streets of gold and coming to walk on this dusty road. That's poverty. He reduced himself. He's been poor before. If you hold on and if you are patient, you will, be, you will become what God wants you to. Allow him to help you. Like, allow him to empower you in the midst of your situation. To be strong in the midst of your situation. It will not be, no condition is permanent. It will not be permanent. It will change. It's just time. It will change. I remember some, uh, four years ago, two of our uh, church members, you know, I went to their house. When I went to the condition they were living in was bad. Bad, bad. This is their own household. But it's not been roofed. So they've used cloth to cover certain portions. And they are inside. It's not a small thing. Very bad condition. As I was praying for them, I was even crying. Man. I told them, listen, God will do it. It's a work. Just follow the Lord in faith. Be patient. Let the Lord help you in the midst of this situation and let him lead you gradually. Today, one of them is working in an international company. He's being paid dollars. They pay him $3,000, $4,000 every month. Do you understand what I'm saying? The other one is being paid in cities. He's also working with an international company. He's being paid, and he's being paid very well. He texted me two days ago and told me, that, Pastor, do you remember when you came to our house and you said that God would do it? God is doing it. He was crying. I said, ah. That's it. Just be patient. A lot of us are not patient. He's been tempted like us we are. In all points. Then he says, because for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor. The word succor is help. He's able to help them that are tempted. So when you are being tempted, Jesus has help for you to climb over that temptation. 
Because the temptation you have, he's had it before and he's jumped over it. He's there to help you jump over it. That is why he's in your life. Jesus is in your life to help you jump over all the hurdles. All the hurdles. Hmm? All the hurdles. Your wife is not minding you. Jesus to some people, some people didn't mind him. Hmm? Your husband is your husband is being wicked to you. Jesus had wickedness practice on him practically. They spat on him, they beat him, they put a crown of thorns on his head, did all kinds of things. He didn't say anything. Yeah. His minister of finance was stealing from him. Yes, sold him out. For 30 pieces of silver. Yes. This is what amplified. For because he himself in his humanity has suffered in being tempted, tested, and tried, he's able immediately to run to the cry of assist, relieve those who are being tempted and tested and tried, and who therefore are being exposed to suffering. He's able to help them. He will help you. Say, he will help me. God is in you to cause you to be willing and to do of his own good pleasure. Okay? Are you in the church? So you can obey God. Say, I can obey God. Why are you able to obey God? Because Jesus is in your life to help you obey God. All you need to do is to start counting on him. Remember that he's there to do that. And ask for it. If you don't ask for my help. You see, I can be in your life. You may need something. If you don't ask me, I wouldn't know. I, don't, I wouldn't know by osmosis or filtration that you need. Or uh, whatever, diffusion, that you need something. If you don't say, we will not know. Or, yes, if you don't talk, we will not know. We will be living in abundance and you will be dying because you didn't talk. You didn't say anything. In the same way, Jesus is inside you with all of the strength of God. To help you. All you need to do is to ask for help. Jesus said, Jesus, I need help with this. You'll be surprised. Yes. I feel like stealing. I feel it. It's coming. The feeling is coming. Lord, help me. Help me. Yes. Lord, I feel like fornicating. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Hold my beggars, Lord. Do you know beggars? Hold my beggars, Lord. Hold me. Hold me. Hold me. Help me, Jesus. Oh, yes. Be honest. If you, if you, if you don't ask for help, that is, that is the key to the thing working. If you don't ask for help, you will not be empowered. Empowerment is directly proportional to asking in faith. Okay? That's a, that's, those are my last points. But I'm mentioning them now. Without asking, you will not get even though God has all these, these things in you, he's powerful inside you to help you. If you don't ask for the help, you're not going to get it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. Are you being blessed? Yes, sir. Are you learning anything? Yes. He's there to empower you. There are times where I don't feel like praying. Many times. Yeah. You, you see me like some healing... <laughs> Spiritual matule, like some wild spiritual something. It's not true. You see, don't be deceived. <laughs> Tell me, but don't be deceived. Yes. Many times I don't feel like praying. Many times. The number of times I feel like praying, as compared to the number of times I, I don't feel like praying, it's like 10 is to 1. Wow. Yes. How? <laughs> oh, it's the truth. I'm just being honest with you. Is that not how it is in your life? Ah, life passions. The problems you have are the same problems the pastor has. Even greater. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. 
the only difference between you and me is that I ask for help. You don't ask for help. That is the only difference. Yes. I ask for help. Oh, pa, every morning, Lord, it's me again. Help me. I don't feel like praying one bit. The Holy Ghost can wake me up at 3 a.m. I'm like, Charlie, you too, why? I didn't I didn't any. It's not yet morning. What's the meaning of all this? Oh, yes. Cry. Yes. But then I'll ask, Charlie, help me. I'm really tired. Oh, help me. And when I ask, nah, you'll be surprised that within a minute, pop, strength has come. Ujafu, that wanted to sleep some few minutes ago. It's now up. It's like the, the sleep has vanished. Ah, Lord. That is, that is it. Yes. There are times I feel like going to do something bad. You see. How you are feeling is how I'm feeling. But when I'm saying my own, it's like, hey. The Lord is watching all of you. It's the truth. Lord, help me. If you don't ask for the help of the Holy Spirit, that is what is going to happen. Before you realize, you are in some boy's place and the boy has died after you had sex with him. You woke up in the morning, you say, baby, can we do another round? Baby, another round. You, are, you are hitting him to wake up for another round and there's no life. Where, where are you going? And the people in the house saw you coming in into the place. You sometimes you think nobody has seen you, but someone has seen you. All the time, someone has seen you. You'll be shocked. Uh-huh. You'll define that the person has died, and you were the last person you were seen with. What did you do to him? This thing happened to Elegon, Elegon students not long ago, even tech. Someone's father. The, the man came to die. That's how the president died, for instance. Yes, there was a girl. There's always a girl somewhere. <laughs> or a boy somewhere. What did you do to him? I tell you. You see, you are not thinking far. You are not thinking far enough. I don't think far. You've not thought about a lot of things. The Lord is saving you. Yes. All you need to do is to ask for help. Empower me. Help me not to go along this line. Help me do what you... You see, you need help to do the ministry. Oh, yes. Ministry is harder than a rock. <laughs> Growing a church. <laughs> yes, you see, the leaders are laughing. It's not easy. It's harder than a rock. It's as if you are going to kill the person when the person comes to your church. He's there. The parents are saying he's not there, but he's there. By... It's as if we come to smoke we in the church. We are come to learn how to smoke weed, how to carry cocaine to abroad. It's like that's what we are come to learn in the church. That's what we are coming. We are come to preach to you, pray for you, help you do well. It's as though it's said we are we are criminals. It's very serious. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, oh, you will get depressed and you abandon the ministry. A lot of people have abandoned the ministry. Oh, class. Yes, plenty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus has received power, riches, wisdom, strength because of you in his resurrection. Revelation chapter 5, verse 11. Jesus has received power, riches, wisdom, strength, etc. All because of you. All the riches that God, Jesus has, he's not going to use this. It's for you. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels run about the throne 
and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. He's talking about millions, okay? And thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice, so many angels saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. What is Jesus going to do with this in, in glory? What is he going to do with it? What is he going to do with the riches? What is he going to do with the power? What is he going to do with the wisdom? What is he going to do with the, with the strength and honor and glory? He's, no, he doesn't need it. He got all those things in his resurrection because of you and me. So he's in us with all of these things to supply to you. To supply all the wisdom you need for your life. All the strength you need for your life, for your ministry, for the things you are doing. All the, the honor that you require in life to be where God wants you to be. All the glory you need, all the blessing you need, all the riches you need. He's supplying it. Ask for it. Ask and receive. If you don't ask, you're not going to receive. Are you in the church? He doesn't need all these things. What is he going to use them for in heaven? These things are things that are needed here on earth. So he has obtained them for you and I. Ask. Tell me about ask. It's a key to empowerment. Ask. Ask. What you know you you can't do, ask. And he will help you do. He will strengthen you do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. I want to show you a few things that the Lord helps you or empowers you in. Okay? So let, let's see five things the Lord empowers you in. The number one thing is He empowers you in your spirit or in the spirit. The Lord empowers you in the spirit. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 15 to 16. Paul says, I'm praying to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I pray that next verse, that he would grant you according to the riches of glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. So the Lord is interested in strengthening your spirit. It's because the real you is spirit. You are a spirit being, you have a soul and you live in a body. The real you. If your spirit man is not strong, the Bible says that when your spirit is not strong, it affects your body. Do you see? Uh-huh. A broken spirit. You see? So God is interested in strengthening your spirit, strengthening you spiritually. Uh-huh. Yes. When you are strength, when your, your spirit is strong, hmm? you, you have it made. Yes. So the Lord strengthens you. He strengthens you. There are five areas, five various places that the Lord strengthens. And one of them is Proverbs 17, 22. Yes. Yes, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Have you seen it? A spirit that is broken. When your spirit man is not doing well, it dries up your bones. It affects your life. Hmm? Yes. So you need to, the more, you see, as the body without the spirit is dead, eh, so faith without works is dead. You see, your body is being animated because your spirit is dead. Have you seen a dead body before? The dead body is a body that is there. But the one who causes the dead body, the body to move, the one who's causing me to talk and move, is my spirit. There's a life force within me. It's, it's my spirit. If that spirit is taken away, this is nothing. It will, it will die. When the spirit is separated from the body, then the body dies. It's the spirit that sustains the body. 
So everything we see around us is working. Anything that is working is working because of spirit behind it. There's something working behind it. For instance, this camera is dead without the power, the, cap- the, the electricity flowing through it. It will be dead. The electricity flowing through it is the spirit behind it. I don't know if you get it. Uh, so James says it. The body without the spirit is dead. So everything we see in life is operating because of spirit. Spirit functioning. So if, you're, if your family is going to work, it depends on the spirit that is functioning in the, in the family. Do you get it? Yeah. Yes. And the Lord is interested in strengthening you, providing strength for you, for your spirit. He says he strengthens you with might by his Holy Spirit in your inner man. When your inner man, which is your spirit, is strengthened with might, you tend to do well on every side of your life. Okay? For instance, marriages will not work if the married couple are not filled with the spirit or they are not strong spiritually. Everywhere marriage is mentioned in the Bible, the Holy Ghost is mentioned. Ephesians 5, verse 18. And be not drunk with wine or any excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, singing and making melodies in your heart, submit to yourself one to another. Wives, submit to your husbands. Before a wife can submit to her husband, she needs to be filled with the Spirit. With that spiritual strength, you will not humble yourself for your husband. When you are going out, you'll be doing cool things. Oh, hello, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, everything is fine. Oh, baby. When you marry, hey, my friend, sit down. What do you mean? Oh, yes. You change. You have, even your voice will change. Many wives have changed over the years. Oh, yeah. Wicked, wickedness. Yes. And many husbands have also changed. When do we have boyfriends? Oh, baby. Do you want me to open the door for you? Oh, please sit down. Oh, him, uh, let me feed you. Marry and see. When you are eating, you say, Why are you eating the food like that? My friend, put the food down. You'll be surprised. I tell you. There are battles in marriages. Yes. Blows. You wonder how they give birth. Blows. Yet in the evening, conception happen. I tell you. Wives are being raped. Husbands are being poisoned as I'm, poisoned as I'm talking to you. It's a real war, marriage. It's war. <laughs> Why? Because they are not full of the spirit. Yes. Spiritually speaking, they are not strong. It affects everything in their lives. Yes. Are you in the church? Yeah. So the Lord is interested in strength, empowering your spirit. Empowering you spiritually. Luke chapter 1 verse 80. The child works strong in spirit. Luke 1 80. And the child grew and was strong in spirit. The Lord can strengthen you in spirit. Are you in the church? Yes. So that you become a spiritual stalwart. And when you're a spiritual stalwart, you'll be surprised. It will make a lot of things work. God bless you, mommy. To make a lot of things work in your life. Everything we see around us is because there's a spirit behind everything. Vodafone is working because there's a spirit behind Vodafone. MTN is working because there's a spirit behind it. It's not because they are, they are very smart business-wise. No, there's something behind it. Everything working is working because of something behind it. There's something that produces the wisdom. Yes. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Be strong in the Lord. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let me just mention the rest of the points and then we'll close. So, spiritual strength. You can be strengthened spiritually. Hmm? Strengthened. Strengthened with might. Endued with power. Consistently. By the Holy Spirit. 
within you. You can be empowered spiritually. Your spirit will be doing very well. And it ends up affecting your mind and affecting your body and affecting your environment. Do you see? For instance, when you, are, when you are fasting and you don't pray and read your Bible, you go hungry. Have you seen it? Is it true? But when you are fasting and you are praying and listening to messages or reading the Bible, you become very strong. You can move. Very alert. Yes, because you see, prayer is, is a spiritual thing. Reading the Bible is a spiritual thing. So it ends up empowering your body. For instance, Moses was with the Lord for 40 days. He was before the Lord for 40 days. No food, nothing, but he was okay. His body was strengthened. His mind was strengthened. For 40 long days, try it and see. You can't try it. Don't, don't even think about it. Those who have tried it have died. No water, no, no food. You can't go without water for some time. Yes. Do you see? Uh, a spiritual strength that affects your body and affects your mind. Okay? Mm. So it's important that you ask the Lord to strengthen you spiritually. Because if that is not done, you, you will not dwell in a lot of places. Then the Lord can strengthen your mind and your body as well. Hmm? Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 10. I'm just mentioning the points now, okay? Hmm. Your mind can be strengthened. Your foolishness can go away through the supply of the Spirit. Your body can be strengthened. The Holy Ghost can strengthen this physical body of yours. God can strengthen this physical body of yours. Elijah was told by God, and he sent an angel to him, told him, wake up, eat, for the journey is long. When Elijah ate the food, he was able to walk for 40 days without eating or drinking. Yes, strength came into his body and his mind to do what he needed to do. Are you in the church? Yes. yes. Your body, in this day where sickness abounds, cancer. Have you heard of cancer before? Yeah. Cancer is killing a lot of people in our country now. Cancer of all types. Colon cancer. Lung cancer. Liver cancer. Pelvic cancer. Throat cancer. Eh? So many cancers. Nobody knows how they come. People sleep, wake up with them. You need Jesus Christ to strengthen your body. Oh, yes. Are you in the church? Yeah. This one is important, though. Your bones must become strong. Yes. Strengthen your mind. People lose their minds as time goes on. Have you seen some people? Yeah. As they are growing, pa, they have lost their mind. They have become imbeciles. It will not be like that for you in Jesus' name. Because the Lord is bringing you strength. Like I said, all you need to do is to ask for the help. Okay? Number three. Strength in suffering. The Lord can strengthen you to suffer. Be patient in suffering. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 to verse 11. I'm closing. I'm closing. In the name of the Father. <laughs> Have you learned anything? Yes. Have you been blessed? Yes. Okay. For this cause, we also, since we heard of the, uh, we, we are praying for you. Next verse, verse 10. 
I will pray that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all places, being fruitful in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God. Next verse, verse 11. And it says, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all, all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. You can suffer and you are full of joy while you are suffering. Because the Lord can strengthen you to go through the sufferings and be full of joy while you are going through the suffering. Let's do the amplify. Amplify. We pray that you may be. Um, no, no, go, go to verse 11. Oh, it's, okay, that's it, right? We pray that you may be invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of God's glory to exercise every kind of endurance and patience, perseverance, and forbearance with joy. You, you can be going through something, things are not going well, hmm? but you are happy. You, have, you are joyous. I traveled to a certain place called, um, I've forgotten the name of the place. But the place is next to, it's next to the, there's a river called Bosom, Bosom River. If there's a town, there's a river called Bosom River. When you call it the Bosom River, there are lions and elephants and antelopes and all those things. It's wild. It's a wildlife right after the town. There's no light in the town. I traveled for about 10 hours to get there. From Accra. It's at Afram Plains. Inside, 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 inside. Right here in Ghana. Yes. Right here in Ghana. Only about 50 people are in that place. We live there. Yes. We're trying to get some things done, so we have to go there. There's no light, there's nothing. Right here in Ghana. I, I'm talking about, I just, I went there about two months ago. I've just forgotten the name of the town. Very far away. They are very happy. They are very, very happy. Life is very good. They have children and everything. They are very happy. Oh, yes. Everything. They have things come. Cars will come. Yes. One of their major trade is farming and then uh, um, burning charcoal, getting charcoal. Yes. So when they do, they do it plenty and then a car will come all the way. I mean, the car has to go through river, rivers to be able to get there. Like, if you if you use if you use Lancusa, it will not come back alive. It's not, oh, but they are happy. Yes, so you go to the pantoon. Yes, so you go down to Tafo, go to Tafo, go to the pantoon area, then you cross the Afram River, go to the other side, and drive for about four hours together. Yes, ah. they are very happy. Very very happy. They don't have mobile phones. None of them. They are happy. No social media. It's too nice. You will not get network. What is network? It's nothing there. <laughs> they are very, very happy. You see, you can be going through sufferings and be very happy. The Lord can strengthen you to suffer, to go through sufferings. You know, there are Christians who have died for, for the Lord. And as we were dying for the Lord, they were smiling. The Lord produces strength for you to endure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The strength for ministry. The strength for grace. All these are there. Okay, so I came to tell you that be encouraged because Jesus Christ is inside you. And he's inside you to help you. All you need to do is to ask for help. Stop suffering for nothing. Hello? Stop suffering for nothing. Ask and receive. Okay? Yes. Start sharing intimacies with the Lord. 
Moses was called up onto the mount uh, Sinai and when he went onto the mount, the, that mountain the Lord met him and he was with, with the Lord for 40 days the Lord strengthened him so intimacy with the Lord ends up strengthening you it's when you wake up in the morning don't rush out of your room speed you want to miss the traffic in, in Spentes <laughs> talk to the Lord hmm? receive strength ask him to Lord give me strength to go through the day give me wisdom to go through the day help me achieve and accomplish what you want to accomplish today bring me more money today the Lord can bring you more money it can help you have a contract that you didn't think you ever have oh yes I'm blessed. There's an, there's, there's, there are some amounts of money that will always come to me. Yes. Just ask, ask him. You bring it. Oh, yeah. From wherever it will come. Yes. In a month, when I check my account, I realize, oh, this is what has come. When I check my tithe, I use my tithe to tell how much I've come to my account. Because when I receive my money, I receive any money in our tithe. Right. Those of you don't give tithe, the Lord is watching you. I give my tithe. That's the way I can check. Yes. The Lord is in you to help you. Never forget that. Hmm? Yes. Final scripture. We mentioned it earlier, but we didn't read it. We didn't read all. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 in the Amplified. If you remember. Hebrews 13, 5. Let your character, moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give up on you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. God says, I will not leave you without support. I will not. I will not. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Yes. I will not. I will not. God will not let you down. Depend on him. Talk to him. Ask for help. Put your faith to work. Say that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can pass this exam through Christ. The Lord is strengthening me to pass this exam. The Lord is strengthening me to do this business. The Lord is strengthening me to take this ministry to the next level. In the name of the Lord Jesus. The Lord is strengthening me to make my family a better place to be. To make my children better. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Are you understand what I'm saying? Yes. You, you say that to yourself. I can do all things. I can do all things. I can do all things. No matter what is happening in this world, I can do all things. No matter what is happening in my life, I can do all things. Because Christ is in me to strengthen me. I receive your strength, Lord. Strength. Strengthen me in my business. Strengthen me in my spirit. Strengthen me in my mind. Strengthen me in my body. Strengthen me in, in my patience. Strengthen me in my ministry. Strengthen me on every day of my life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Strengthen me to go the way you want me to go. I receive strength. Lift up your voice right now. Rise up where you are. Receive strength to do. Mando Okada Bayavalaba. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord now. I will not leave you nor forsake you. I will not leave you helpless. The Lord will not leave you helpless. The Lord is in you to help you. Depend on His help now. Receive help. Receive help. Receive help. Receive help. Lord, I receive help. 
I receive help, Lord. I receive help, Lord, from you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. That was the day Jesus was going to do a very important, accomplish a very important mission. He was going to die on the cross of Calvary for all of us. Very Herculean task, very wild task. You know, and on the verge of entering that phase, he knelt down to pray. And the Bible says that as he prayed, angels came, appeared, and strengthened him. He came to strengthen him. So prayer, you see, intimacy, sharing intimacy with the Lord is a means of being strengthened. It's a means of asking and receiving. Praying is a means of receiving strength. As you pray, strength comes to you. Yes, strength. The angels appeared to strengthen him. So as you're praying now, strength is coming to you. You know, when you're forsaking the ministry, I'm going to talk about it during your leaders' meeting. But you need strength to do, to accomplish, to, to go to the next level of your life. The next phase. Sometimes you can be hang, 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 hanging around a particular phase for a long time. Things are not changing. Things are not changing. You need a push from the Spirit to take you to the next level, to catapult you to the next level. Prayer helps you. So I want us to pray for the next two minutes. Lord, strengthen me. You see, Jesus was saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. It was a difficult thing. He was trying to ask the Father, take, take, change it. Let's change it. Let's change it. Let's do it some other way. The Lord said, no. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Yes. As you are praying, angels will appear to strengthen you. To give you strength to do what you need to do. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice right now. Strength. Strength. Divine strength. Divine empowerment. Jesus was empowered after he prayed. And when he stood up, that was it. He was able to accomplish what God wanted him to accomplish. For God is at work in you both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. Lord, whatever you want him to will in you, whatever you want me to accomplish in you, Grant me strength. Grant me the wisdom. Grant me the grace to get it done. I receive strength. I receive wisdom. I receive grace to get it done. I receive strength now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Malade Kedevala, Ramada, Madola Hadaba, Vasto, Male, Vasto, Male, Vasto, Male, Vasto, Male, Vasto, Male, Malagadaba, Malagadaba. Father, thank you for your blessings of strength and wisdom. Thank you that you're empowering us to accomplish your perfect will in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you that we have strength to do what you want us to do. Thank you that strength to do wrong things is taken away from us. We receive strength to do what you want us to do. To fulfill your word and fulfill your work here on this, in this world in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for real empowerment in our spirits in our souls and in our bodies, in our ministries, in what you want us to go through for you, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for great wisdom, 
great power all the time for us. As we ask, we receive instant strength. Instant strength to pray. Instant strength to fast. Instant strength to know what to do per time in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for great grace ministered to all of us. Amen in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.